Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ausbiz as we kick off the afternoon, as usual, with the call live here from our Barangaroo studios. Uh, Ten stocks suggested by you. I put them to uh, our two experts on the panel for the day. We do it all in an hour. Johnny Matei from uh, from Ord Minute in Brisbane, David Lane. David, how are you? I'm very well, and yourself? Good, excellent. Mark Gardner from Macro Capital is with us as well. Mark, good to see you. Good afternoon, how are you? How's the morning been going? Yeah, pretty pretty busy this morning, so uh, a few quarterly updates and things obviously coming through, so um, obviously we'll cover one in a moment. Yeah, so. a lot of updates coming, to a lot to talk about, and of course that's the beauty of Ausbiz. We do that all day, and uh, the first five stocks are in the first half hour that we're going to cover today, Flight Centre Zero, Santos, Centuria, the industrial REIT, uh, and also Top Shelf International. But uh, stock of the day is uh, one that gave quarterly update today, um, as Mark was saying. Uh, Woodside, a little later in the show, uh, you've asked our experts to compare it to Santos. It also gave an update today. But uh, let's start with Woodside as our stock of the day because it's out with the second quarter report. Significant increases in production. Sales and revenue uh, in its first quarter rising 60%, 51% and 44% respectively. Uh, Meg O'Neill said the strong result was helped by the contribution from BHP's petroleum business, of course, which it acquired, uh, saying the completion of the merger was a highlight for the period. Looking ahead, the company expects its pre-tax synergies of the merger to be fully implemented in tw- uh, by 2024. Set production in 2022 was likely to land in a range of between 145 and 153 million barrels of oil equivalent. Uh, David Lane from Ords, what did you think of the update and uh, Woodside's um, as an investment at the moment? Yeah, the, the update was, was a positive one. As you said, it was the first real result that we've seen that's uh, got the new BHP petroleum assets in there. Uh, they did also announce that they're not no longer looking at selling one of their, their assets in Senegal. Uh, and that's really reflective of the fact that the the business has an excellent balance sheet. It's in very good position. Um, the share price has come off a fair bit today. It's down about 3.8%. Um, probably a little bit surprising. and. We'd see that as a bit of an opportunity that we we like Woodside. We've actually got it, got a buy recommendation on it, and it's our top pick in that uh, in that energy sector. And, yeah. and part of the the reason that we like it is because of its solid balance sheet and the fact that it has a a higher weighting towards LNG, uh, and the the prices that they're getting for LNG are, are very very strong and, and should continue uh, to be fairly strong in the future as well. Um, I was talking to a couple of cynical fund managers the other week who who like it because they reckon anything BHP spins out, 
like they did with South 32. The management usually perform yep. better outside of BHP than within. So Yes. <laughs> Certainly been the case. They've had a, a long history of, of spinning out companies that have been successful over that that yeah, long right. period, and um, yeah, management's focused on yeah. on energy. Yep. Um, mm. Mark, what do you reckon of the uh, of the trading update with Woodside? Yeah, look, um, the, the trading update obviously was pretty good um, overall. Yeah, look, obviously the market was expecting a little bit more. You know, obviously with the down to three or four percent today, but um, I'd agree with David. It's you know, it'd be a um, it'd be it's a buy for us it's a top um, you know we, we were rolling out of just the triple O oil ETF into Woodside over the last few months um, so yeah and you know I had first hand experience I had a client um, who I onboarded in the last month who's had BHP forever and right. all those spin offs that she had in uh, in those shares have all performed absolutely beautifully <laughs> so she's never she never bothered to touch them all so it um, and that was one of, that was a big thing for our guys as well was that uh, you know they had the BHP's got great management and obviously yeah. that spin off's going to and BHP still being a large shareholder of it is going to um, you know they're going to have a good influence on uh, on Woodside. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm happy to call it a buy um, right. today. In, inflationary environments, energy always does well. Um, even if we do sort of start to see uh, a dip into a global recession, you know, China's largely you know very. Um, very subdued at the moment, so there's every yeah. chance, as the BHP CEO outlined in the quarterly update the other day, that you know China growth is is likely to come at some stage. You know, there's probably yeah. potential for stimulus packages, etc. So that's probably going to mean that the the oil price is going to hover around um, around these elevated prices for quite some time. It so. is interesting this talk of recession, as you point out, the globe going or US going into recession. Um, but China's basically been there for the last year because of their COVID policy, hasn't yeah. it? sort of shutting down the economy. So whether that, from a global point of view, balances out a US downturn with China coming back. Well, yeah, look, Australia's, you know, biggest trading partner's China. Yeah. And if yeah. you add up add up and double the next four, they're still bigger. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, obviously the US indexes, you know, were overvalued. Um, we didn't go with that. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm. I think that where we are right now in the Australian stock market, you know, is very cheap, and, yeah. and it's the, exactly the sort of style the investments that you want. Those um, dividend-paying, you know, low PE value stocks, yep. and our, you know, like I said, our trading partners more than likely going to show positive growth from mm-hmm. uh, uh, in relation to the previous year. So, you know, I think uh, as per usual, uh, you know, Australia holds that world record of the longest period <laughs> without a recession. Um, we didn't go through one in the GFC. I highly doubt we're going to get one, you know, any you know, any time in the next couple of years. So, okay. and, if, and if we do, it'd be fairly shallow. So, yeah, mate. Okay. Game. All right. Good news there. Fingers crossed that 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 is right. All right. Let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at. David Lane Riley wants a view on Flight Centre, the uh, the big travel agency network, uh, hit of course during the pandemic when. Borders were closed, it re-engineered its business, it raised a lot of capital, got rid of a lot of its uh, uh, shop fronts. Uh, Totally different business now than when it went into the pandemic, is it? Oh, it certainly is. It's certainly, uh, yeah, trimmed down uh, what they're doing. It it has moved more to online. Um, But having said that, uh, it's still a business that 
we think has still some headwinds ahead. Uh, one of the things that actually happened not at, at flight centres control during the pandemic is the the margins or the the uh, rebates that the travel agents receive have actually been reduced fairly significantly. And that's something that we don't think is actually in the market, uh, that a lot of analysts haven't actually recalculated their figures as far as nice. that margin is concerned. Uh, the other issue that Flight Centre's got is that there's not the capacity at the moment to, um, you know, while a lot of us want to go overseas there's not necessarily the flights and there's there's not necessarily the ability to do so so they are a bit capacity constrained at this point in time uh, so it's a stock that we're not not a fan of at the moment we've got a sell recommendation on it and think that uh, the market's probably got a little bit too excited in that recovery reopen phase and think that the the valuation on on the stock is is more around the the 1428 mark rather than the the current price of 1752 because at 1752 it almost has a market capitalization of pre-pandemic is it because even though yep. you see that pandemic drop there um, in in 2020 um, they actually double their mm. um, uh, because of their raising double the number of shares out there yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, I think they raised money at about seven dollars fifty or seven dollars sixty yeah. uh, during that pandemic. Uh, and as you said, that it's a different business. They've sold off a number of their their property assets. Uh, but yeah, still think it's it's uh, challenged in the the current environment. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon, Mark? Uh, David's got a recent sort of experience. It's a lot harder to travel overseas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, yes, borders are open, but it's a schmozzle. Yeah, and it's expensive <laughs> yeah. um, as well. So uh, obviously, yeah, those rebates, you know, they've reduced their margin as well. Um, with, I mean, these guys in Webjet, realistically, we tend to charge them in market cap rather than in share price right. just because of those massive cap raises. Um, yeah. And look, in, in if, you, if you charter them in market cap, they're, they're pretty high. So, um, as you as you pointed out, so look, if you're really keen on the travel sector, we prefer Webjet because of that Webbeds business, which right. was um, I think one of the top growing businesses um, before the pandemic have uh, arrived. So, look, if you if you absolutely feel as though you know there's going to be a big recovery story in this sector, then Webjet um, or maybe even Qantas might be might be a, a much better bet. Um, right. But flight center, yeah, it's a sell for us. Right. Flight center's okay. not really. Um, it's just it's just a little bit misleading because of all those cap raises. So yeah. I'd say to viewers, you know, be very wary of that. And if you've got a charting package that can, can chart things in market cap, well, that's probably a better way to approach these. That's, so. a, that's a really good point. So you can chart market cap. Yeah, just yeah, you can. Oh. So um, yeah, and it's, it gives you a much better, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, much much better reality. So particularly for those businesses that you know that, that did this. I mean, flight that's a really good tip. And it, I think it's the it's the highest shorted stock on the ASX as well, oh, about it? 15 to 17% or something. Oh, so okay. there's a massive short position mm. out there and uh, about 4 or 5% higher than most others. Okay. All right. Uh, Sam wants a view, uh, Mark, on Zero, the big small business accounting package uh, group, uh, not only uh, New Zealand originally uh, expanded into Australia, now expanding into uh, into the US as well. Sam says, uh, I'm not in it, don't own it. I'm interested in getting into it. Should I wait for reporting season or start nibbling away now? 
Uh, Nadine wouldn't be happy with a with a nibble, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. Look, I, I'm this one is one that's a favourite of, of clients generally. Um, I've sort of suggested dollar averaging um, over the right. next sort of six to twelve months. Okay. Um, so uh, because you realistically, you know, it's subject to a lot of um, you know, with a PE this high, it'll be subject to market sentiment and all sorts. So um, I'm a little bit critical of the business. I mean, they, you know, the the expansion at all costs given you know the the global economic outlook um, I'd be more interested to see if management can sort of pull their head in a little bit and be a little bit more you know be a little bit more disciplined and not just you know continue to charge ahead um, yeah. and you know try to build a, a little bit of a war chest they're number two in the world now the UK expansion went extraordinarily well um, US one obviously with different state tax laws etc is probably going to be a little bit more difficult um, yeah. but you know the US isn't going anywhere I, I think from a fiscal discipline point of view um, I think the market would probably on the you know on the report be be more interested in seeing them, you know, curbing curbing the aggressive expansion. Because um, that's been the, hasn't had many years of profit, has it? No, uh, no. And it's always been, as you said, manager have said we're ploughing the money back in for growth. Yeah, look, and I, and I don't think that's now's not the time for it. Look, right. I'm not in the camp of you know, of global economic Armageddon like some analysts are. But, you know, I think a show of some, some you know, some discipline from management in their, in their outlook, I think might, you know, might support the share price a lot, a lot more than coming out saying, giving, a, giving an update on, you know, how the expansion's going. Because if something goes wrong, um, it's really going to hurt their share price. So yeah. that's why, you know, for the next few updates, I don't, I, I can't see a stock with a PE as high as this. Um, okay you know, r- running away on you. So that's why I've sort of taken that dollar dollar average sort of uh, strategy. Okay. But, but a no. If you're in it and you want to get more dollar average, yeah, just are keep you dollar. saying, would you put new money into it if you're uh, look, just your I think investor? there's so many great opportunities coming into reporting season in companies that are way oversold that are going to deliver right. that that I don't think you need, you don't necessarily need, need to, buy, to it, buy it now. But um, but yeah, look, at some stage, the tech, as we've seen in the NASDAQ, tech's, tech's sort of been really beaten down and even with a couple of disappointing reports, we've seen yeah. a few rallies, you know, Netflix. So what's a better tech? Uh, tech stock? Oh, look, uh, I, I Australian think Australian tech stock. Australian tech stock. Um, oh, probably one of the ones coming up is Hub24, okay. I quite like. Okay. Um, you know, and then there's we've obviously got the we've got the dip, you know a couple of the dividend paying ones as well, um, WiseTech, Computer Share, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, okay. we, I think our clients have been buying. We've just been buying ATEC for those who want um, those uh, who uh, want exposure, BGS. just just yep. to provide some. Uh, you know, where VIX is still above twenty. You know, right. I think it's twelve week lows, but it's still twenty three historical right. average of twelve. So, we don't. I don't think you need to be taking. So you're not that convinced on the rebound. Not convinced, yeah. but just just starting to get in in a. In in a you know a risk averse get manner. Yeah, the ETF exposure. Yeah, uh, David, what do you think of zero? Yeah, we, we've got an accumulate recommendation on it, and think that it's it's probably reasonable price where it is. Uh, it has bounced off off its lows. It got down to around the seventy two dollar mark, uh, and has has picked up about eighteen percent in the last month. Having said that, it's still down about thirty six percent over the last twelve yeah. months. Um, it is, as as Mark said, it's it's challenged because it's it's going for growth, and the U.S. market uh, is a little bit more difficult than than they've found 
in Australia, the UK and, and New Zealand. Um, interestingly, though, what they are doing in those more established markets is putting through some uh, price increases. So they've announced some price increases for their subscriptions from September. Uh, so that software as a service model does actually have the ability to build in inflation because it's once they've got the customers on board, it's difficult for them to move. And particularly what Xero has done very, very well is uh, integrated them through the accounting practices. Yeah. So once they're a client, it's difficult for them to move. Um, so it's quite sticky business. So to be able to put through those price increases uh, this year and next year, which they've announced, makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's it's certainly not cheap and it's, it's not one that you can buy for a, a dividend. But if you're looking for um, a, a sold down tech play, it's probably reasonable at current levels. Okay. All right. Uh, Jordan wants a view, David, on uh, Santos, the uh, uh, the big LNG uh, producer. I'm going a bit into, not green hydrogen, blue hydrogen, I think theirs is. <laughs> um, uh, Jordan's saying, uh, looking to Santos for the shorter term. Uh, what are your thoughts on Santos? Yeah, it, it's a stock that we like. It's uh, We've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Uh, they've announced their quarterly production this morning. A yep. um, little bit disappointing, actually. Their, their oil business uh, was in line with our expectations, but the... Uh, uh, the, the gas business slightly below. Um, so we've seen the share price come off a, a little bit. Uh, we do like Santos you know, as a, as a medium to longer term play. Um, short term, as I said, there, there is some, sh- some short term share price weakness. Uh, and we've seen the, the oil price come off its high in recent times. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to try and predict whether or not you, you buy it now from a, a short-term point of view. Really, in a stock like Santos, if you, you're trying to pick it short-term, what you're really doing is trying to predict the oil price. Yeah, That's very, very difficult. Um, tend to like it as a long-term stock. Um, yeah, I can't can't determine whether or not it's going to be more expensive next week or, or the week after. Right. But if you, lo- if you like... Um like Woodside because of its LNG exposure. Santos yep. is more LNG, is it, and less oil? Uh, yeah, well, they're, they're sort of mix. both. They're yeah, both, Santos do a lot more um, domestic uh, LNG. Woodside have got the, the big export business right. off yep. the, the West Coast. Uh, and, yeah, the, as I said, their gas part of the business has been a little bit disappointing. Right. Um, so, yeah, our key pick at the moment is Woodside in the sector, but we do like both stocks. Okay. And, and for many clients, depending on the number of stocks that they've got in the portfolio, many will actually have both Santos and Woodside. Mm. Mark? Yeah, this is one that I've traditionally sort of struggled with <laughs> just because it's such a behemoth of a business and there's yeah. so many different projects. And there was a period there sort of last year where you know oil price would be rallying and there'd be a, um, you know, a you know, production location would go down or they'd have an issue, you know, in one country and then another country. So I, I just sort of, I generally erred away from it because it was just, you know, you would get a, you would get a nice tailwind behind you from, a, from the underlying point of view and then there'd be a production issue or something like that. Right. So it, um, it's a pretty complicated business. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, I'm not adverse to owning it. Um, I think, you know, those energy stocks, um, we do prefer Woodside. Um, 
Uh, yeah, but wouldn't you know? We wouldn't know. Like, um, we'd be happy to own both, but right. uh, Woodside definitely probably the the preferred. So, have it so as a hold, and I'd have it as a hold. Um, if yeah, so. Um, but it looks, it obviously, you know, it, it does, I think, 85% increase in revenue. Or, so, uh, so whilst the market was probably expecting more, as we saw with Woodside, is probably expecting yeah. a little bit more as well. Um, you may be able to take up, I think there'll be, a, there'll be a decent tailwind behind those stocks for, you know, six, 12 months. So um, you being by dip mode in any of them, you, you might get a situation where, you know, they you know where they might lag Woodside and that might be a um, there might be a good time to switch back and forth from the others depending on how active you are but yeah. Um, yeah. you know it just depends on you know how closely you're watching it I suppose um, we've got plenty of clients who play play BHP and Rio back and forth so yeah. and a few of the, and a few of the REITs back and forth so it yeah. Um, but yeah I think I think from a from a sector point of view it's going to be fairly buoyant for quite some time mm. okay. um, and look if they if they can get a run of 12 months where nothing goes wrong and they can take advantage of all these uh, these elevated prices. You'd be more confident. You'd be more confident <laughs> in it. But yeah, I just, I've, I've had a bit of bad luck with this one. So right. uh, I, I sort of get a little bit nervous when I'm dipping my tongue okay. in the water. With all the right, so I hold for you on Santos. Um, speaking of REITs, Mark, uh, Steph wants a view on the Centuria Industrial REIT. Yeah, look, I really like this one. Um, I think uh, back at the the Christmas picks, this was my pick. Yeah. Uh, obviously, um, it's been hit with the interest rate rises. Uh, I think this is a bit of a classic case of baby out with the bathwater. Their their debt levels are um, below their below their band. Um, they're trading at a discount to net tangible assets basically at the moment. Um, they are going to have the tailwind of being able to revalue those properties up as aggressively as they have over the last few years. But yeah. their average whales are over 10 years, um, 60% plus, I think, indexed to inflation on all their leases. Um, mm. Premium customers like Amazon. Um, I, I think this has been sold off really, yeah. you know, super Look at that aggressively. from about 380 down to $3 mm. for a REIT. That, yeah. That's a big fall. Well, with, in, with inflation um, rising at, at a higher pace than yeah. uh, than interest rates and most of their leases are indexed to inflation right you know you would see rentals go up there's been you know plenty of data around um, industrial uh, rents probably rallying somewhere around the 10 percent mark for the next five so years straight you, you so that, um, it's getting down towards yeah the pandemic crash levels oh absolutely and look it's yielding around about six percent and as i said it's below six yeah for a rate for a rate so um wow. and debt isn't an issue uh forward income's not an issue um so yeah i this is absolutely a buy for me and right. uh, and look it pays quarterly dividends as well so for those yeah. who are looking for just a you know a nice smoothing of their dividend income you know it comes through you know, on, on that quarterly basis. So, but, you know, that conservative foundation of your portfolio, which yeah. REITs usually make up, don't they? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So it's a good time to buy. That's interesting. Uh, David, what do you think of Centuria's industrial REIT? Yeah, agree with everything that, that Mark said. I think it's uh, it, it's a very good business. We've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Uh, our view is that it's the best pure play industrial REIT on the market. Uh, and the share price decline, as you've just pointed out, has been uh, well and truly overdone. Um, their net tangible asset backing is about $4.21. So they're trading at about a 28% discount to wow. that NTA. Uh, they're 
occupancy level is 99.2%. Uh, and as Mark said, they've got a, a long while of, of almost 10 years. So you really don't have too many issues in terms of them collecting the rent. Uh, most of the rents are, are linked to inflation. So for a, yeah, as you said, a conservative business that we, you'll get a very good income on. Uh, yeah and potentially some capital gains over it if we see a share price recovery. Uh, I think it's a very good business. Yeah, that's really good because a lot of the times that uh, we focus here on the call on you know, growth stocks and the sexier ones, yeah, that's mm. great to have part of your portfolio, but you need that, depending on what sort of investor you are, need that just solid, reliable foundation of you know, half a dozen stocks that will... Uh, deliver year in year out and give you a good good dividend stream. Um, Absolutely, I'm surprised that this hasn't come up for a while. I'm surprised how much it's been battered down. Yeah, no, it's pretty surprising. And they're, they're premium locations as well. They're they're, yeah. they're near all the major arterials, um, which that that uh, real estate um, is is super scarce. So yeah. I think Goodman's were even looking at adding um, a second level to some warehouses because yeah. they just couldn't buy the land. Because so, Goodman's been hit as well as that share price. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's a sort of similar story, sort of slightly different makeup. But I think um, yeah. yeah um, David Murray wants a view on Top Shelf International, the uh, beverage manufacturer and uh, distributor. Um, they, they distill uh, what whiskey, vodka, and they because I have a Mexican daughter-in-law, she informs me that <laughs> they're planting the first agave farm That's um, right. up, up in your neck of the woods. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So they, um, yeah, they've got the Ned uh, whiskey brand as as well as, uh, yeah, the grain shaker vodka. Uh, they also do some bottling and and uh, processing for other uh, brands as well. Um, so it's a, an interesting business. Um, reasonably high margin. So they they generate about twenty five percent margin on their uh, on their their premium vodkas, and uh, and. Um, and whiskey. Uh, they've recently got some agreements in place with Coles around the the uh, the country, so that they're in the the liquor lands and um, yeah, they're uh, not the Dan Murphy's, the the BWS. other one that, the, yep. <laughs> that Coles are. Yeah, BWS, uh, as well as the independent um, IGA uh, liquor outlets as well. Yeah. So they're. They're gaining uh, exposure around the country. Um, we've got a speculative buy recommendation on it. A bit of a niche company. Obviously, it's uh, um, you know if you if you're into that um, segment of the market, it's an interesting stock. Um, but it's it's not one that you're going to get a, a dividend yield out of or. They're at the moment they're not generating a profit, so it's a few years until they generate profit. But at the margins that they're they're uh, turning over, they are uh, you know reasonable cash flow business, and they've got a significant amount of um, debt that they can they can use at this point. Okay, so spec buy from odds on top shelf. Few uh, stocks, uh, interesting stocks in that sector, isn't there? Um, Lark is another one, mm. the Tasmanian one. Uh, what do you think of top shelf buy? Yeah, I look promising business. Um, I wouldn't classify it as investable at the moment. Um, it's you know if things go well, 2025 is where they're looking to. Um, you know they'll be sort of break even. Um, it's and it's super thin, so you're right. going to be paying a way to get in and out. So you've got to be really mindful of that. It rarely trades. The volumes are, are tiny. The market cap's also tiny. 
Um, so look, it, you know, we've got this environment at the moment where uncertainty is, is um, yeah. you know, is is really weighing on investors. So this, you know, with a lot of the consumer discretionary sort of stocks. Um, you know, being really battered down, there's so many other great options that are going to pay you a dividend in the meantime. Um, and I'd probably, you know, I'd be looking at this maybe, you know, in a year or two. Um, but yeah, and, and mainly because it's very mindful of even if they have a bad update. I mean, you, you no hope of getting out. <laughs> so right. Right. you're going to yeah. be, you're going to have to hold it for a while anyway. So, um, but yeah, look, there's a lot of great promising things. Um, at Lark Distilling, obviously, you know, they've they've got barrels coming to maturity now. It's a it's a pretty yeah. big capex. Because um, that's the thing, is it? Because they you make the whiskey mm. and then by law, I, I didn't know that by law you have to put it down for a minimum of two years in the, yeah. in the barrels. So it's a big capex up front and then yeah. the reward comes the later. Market. So yeah, look, I, I'd just be looking, I'd just keep an eye on it. Keep it on your watch list. Yep. Um, if you sort of start to see the volume pick up and there'd be a bit more interest in it, Endeavour would probably be, you know, a good, not a bad reporting season pick um, in this space. Maybe even Treasury Wines. I think they've just, right. they've, they may have gone relatively well. It's better business now that it's not just China reliant, and yeah. they've bought this sort of uh, the vineyard and things in um, in the US. So, you know, they're two, probably two better options there at okay. the moment with much better financials. But yeah, yeah, look, keep it on the watch list, and um, yeah, because it, it does look like it's fair, it's very mm. promising. Okay, all right, uh, good points there. Let's re- recap the first five stocks in our stock of the day: Woodside, uh, a yes from both uh, from both David and Mark. Flight Centre, a sell from both Mark. Prefer- if you really have to get into that travel area, uh, prefers Webjet, maybe Qantas. Uh, zero, odds have it accumulate on. Um, uh, Mark saying, wait for a couple more results before you uh, get back into zero. Uh, Santos, a hold from Mark, uh, a long-term buy from Ords and uh, David. Uh, Centuria, Centuria Industrial REIT, a buy from both of them. And uh, top shelf, a speculative buy from David at Ords and uh, put it on your watch list from Mark, but not at this stage. Uh, here at the call, we've been tracking our own Fantasy High Conviction Fund, which is picked by our investment committee. You can see the latest episode of the committee meeting um, on osbiz.com. So let's check the portfolio. Uh, at the last committee meeting, Tyro, Qantas, Frontier, Digital Ventures, Tabcorp and Steadfast were removed. Babcorp added. Uh, cash topped up to 10%. Uh, so on a cumulative basis since inception, uh, which was the 1st of March this year, down 3%. So keep sending in your requests for the call because that's the first filter of stocks that go up to the investment committee. For example, uh, Centuria Industrial REIT will uh, be put to the committee because it got the uh, thumbs up from both our panellists today. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. 
second half of the call, we're going to be taking a look at Telstra, Premier Investments, Hub24, REA Group and Aluka Resources. Um, David uh, Lincoln wants a view on, on Telstra, the uh, Australia's biggest telco. Yes, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those stocks that I think most of my clients already have in their portfolio. Uh, it's a stock that yeah, it's been in there for a long time. They continue to pay a, a reasonable dividend. Uh, we've got a buy recommendation on at the moment. Our target price is four dollars sixty-five, so I think that there is some upside to it. Um, obviously, we know Telstra for what they do here in Australia, but they've recently just. Uh, settled on the the purchase of Digicel, which is a, a Pacific Nations business. So they uh, they'll run that separately to Telstra, but gives them a, a foothold in Papua New Guinea, Fiji, Tonga, etc. Uh, so expanding uh, outside of Australia. But uh, I guess within Australia, the thing that we like about them is that they've got the the jump on many of their competitors in the 5G uh, part of the the business, and uh, over recent years they've improved their their capital through uh, a lot of the the funds that have been flowing through from the NBN. So uh, yeah, we like it. It's a it's a I guess one of those boring stocks that's going to sit in your portfolio <laughs> and pay a reasonable income uh, and and not do too much to to hurt it. Okay, uh, Mark, what do you think of Telstra? Yeah, not not too many problems with the business generally. Obviously, it's very you know steady as she goes. Um, yeah. Look, for mine, I you know with the market um, sort of dipping, obviously uh, of late, I've I've switched a few people out of sort of Telstra into um, you know, stocks like uh, Aussie Broadband and things right. like that because I think you can probably buy you know. A, a third or a quarter as much and probably end up getting roughly the same result with a little bit less risk overall. Yeah. Um, Aussie Broadband's been pretty consistent. Uh, the sort of stock, in my mind, that at the top of the market, I'm more inclined to buy it because things are overvalued and, you know, it is a consistent performer. But at the moment with... Um, you know, REITs trading at, you know, discounts to NTA and you know, consumer discretionary sector getting absolutely hammered and we're coming into reporting season. It's, um, you right. know, and it's, but it tells us basically it's still at the same price. It's just a, the money, I think, can be much better used elsewhere. And, um, it, you know, the dividend's 4%. It's not spectacular. It's OK. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it sort of just chips away, but they're, they're just a load of really great opportunities out there at the moment and really solid companies with track records. And, and you know, it's it's one of those things that, I, like I said, I've been encouraging people to um, to potentially use that, that long-term holding in Telstra to, um, to find, you know, to invest in, you know, something, something that's going to get... Yeah, so, but, that, but as I said, nothing against, you know, Telstra no. as a business necessarily. Um, yeah, and look, it may well it may well drift higher. It's been pretty range bound for a long time, so um, so we were we were uh, you know we had a buy recommendation on it sort of start last year, and we've been we've took a few dividends, but yeah, we're starting to to get out of it's it now, just to, just right. just to switch for better opportunities, basically, because the market's presenting those, but. Um, but yeah, it's and it's done its job in the portfolio. Obviously, as the market's come off, it, it hasn't come no. off with it. So it, um, you know, now job's done. It uh, probably time to put that yeah. money to work. And that that is the issue we keep talking about on the call all the time. Uh, you've got twenty or thirty stocks in your portfolio, absolute mm. maximum. 
So it's just, and they could be great companies, uh, but there are better opportunities elsewhere. And that's yeah. what you've got to weigh up, the opportunity cost. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and look, some clients just like to have it there as a security yeah. blanket, but yeah. Um, but yeah, for those who, you know, trying to get an outperformance in their portfolio, it's now, I think now's probably the time okay. to be trying to hunt for better opportunities. All right, uh, Bridget wants a view on Premier Investments, Solomon Lou's uh, retail empire. Um, includes things like Peter Alexander, pyjamas, uh, Smiggle, if you're a parent or a grandparent. Uh, you'll know you'll be in Smiggle most of the time. Uh, I've got a platinum but, membership. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Maybe the dividends are a way to get some money back from them, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of Premier Investments? Yeah, we're, we're really keen on the consumer discretionary sector this reporting season. Um, I flatly think the analysts and the markets kind of got it wrong. Um, yeah. And you know, we've had Tesla last night. I mean, Netflix to a certain oh, extent. Well, JB Hi-Fi earlier this week. Yeah, precisely. Shot the lights out. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it's it's a, what is it, a 30% chance of a recession in the US. It's much lower here. Yeah. Um, you know, the way that stats work in my head is that it's a 70% chance it's not going to happen either. Yeah. So, and these things, a lot of that entire sector is down... No, well over twenty oh. percent. So it's special. It's down. PEs are down in yeah. single figures for a lot of these yeah, retailers. And, and a lot of them are founder-led. Um, yeah. They pay fantastic dividends. They've got impeccable track records. Um, you know, the consumer spending and retail um, trade numbers have been consistently higher. Um, yeah. I just can't get my head around where the analysts can justify they, you know, can justify saying that there's that they should be selling the sector. I mean, unemployment rates at three and a half percent, economic yeah. growth, and yeah, I think um, getting a little bit ahead of yourself, you know, predicting, you know, right. selling a stock, predicting that, okay. you know, so you like the retail sector, like the retail sector. Is We've been Premier one of the ones? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy, pretty happy with Premier. But um, I think it's just it just paid sort of dividend fairly recently it's very late in the reporting season yeah. um, so as are quite a few of them we've been we've been nibbling away at Adairs Nick Scarly um, right. so uh, and look then you know I think you know Adairs is sort of it's, we, we sort of like that one on the basis of um, up and down that north coast there's been all those floods etc oh, right. those furniture shops yeah. have got a lot of locations through there um, yeah. you know Nick Scarly there may be a little bit of risk there with that uh, plush acquisition so yeah but there um, there's some fantastic opportunities um, you know you and like I think JB Hi-Fi Nike in the US and, and as well as they've led the way in, in sort of yeah. in you know turning that that sector around a little bit so um, I think Amazon sold 300 million um, items in in a day in their prime sales so Girl. the consumer's not not anywhere near as dead as everyone says they are so no. um, so yeah it uh, mm. you'll just it's just a matter of pretty much which one you want to choose so I think yeah. there's some higher dividends in that, you know, in those sort of some of those specialty Harvey Normans and you know, Nick Scarlys right. and things, but um, this one's a bit more diversified. So, you know, if you want to, if you're still a little bit worried about it, um, big stake in Breville as well, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so they've got their and and great again, great great track record for management generally. Mm. So, um, okay. and these supply chain issues are, are subsiding quite, you know, quite a bit for a few companies. I think um, inventory management's improved dramatically for a lot of these companies because. Mm. 
they've had to deal with those headwinds. They're much better and much more, um, much better managed businesses now. Yeah. They've been through the pandemic, and I think they'll, you know, they'll prove it in their in their okay. results. Uh, David, what do you think of Premier Investments? Yeah, similar to what Mark was saying, it's a, it's a good business. Um, they've come down fairly dramatically. They're down about 22% uh, in the last six months. Uh, we've got a, officially we've got an accumulate recommendation on it, but that was some time ago. And, and now where they're trading at 13 and a half times PE and four and a half percent, no, sorry, 13.5 times PE and four and a half percent dividend yield, it's, it's reasonable value. Um, they are a very high margin business uh, and as you uh, might, may know if, if you have been into Smiggle or now my yeah. kids have been through Smiggle and they're now at Peter Alexander, um, <laughs> their margins are about 65%. Uh, so yeah, high margin business. So while we still do have that strong consumer sentiment, uh, it is a, a premium business that uh, that you know, will continue to, to perform quite well. It'll be interesting to see uh, in the reporting season, you know, what their their flows have been like over the last six yeah. months or so. But, are uh, are odds positive on the retail sector as a whole? Uh, starting to b- become more positive, yeah. Yeah, we're, and re- really that's more an evaluation point of view that we've seen that the share prices come off uh, more than they should. Uh, the underlying economics of Australia are still very positive. Uh, we are still spending money, 3.5% unemployment. Uh, so, you know, at the moment that the outlook is still pretty positive from a, for a con- the consumer sector. And, um, you know, Premier, it's not one of our... Our key picks, we, we tend to prefer Harvey Norman uh, based on current prices. Uh, they've come off fairly significantly as well. Um, we also like Breville uh, in the, you know, in that retail sector uh, and right. they've you know, been expanding globally as well. Okay. All right. Uh, Thomas wants a view, David, on Hub24, the, uh, the big wealth management platform uh, in yep. that sector with net wealth and uh, premium, uh, which have both been on the call in the last couple of days. Yes, yeah, all very good businesses. Uh, and structurally, we like that sector because we think that there is uh, a, a shift towards you know, the, the premiums, the net wealths and the, the hub 24 in, in the industry that we're in, uh, away from the, the big banks and the, you know, the, the master trusts of, of old. Um, and hub 24 is our preferred pick in that sector. Um, they've just reported in the last couple of days and, and reported reasonably well. Yep. Flows are still quite positive, even though we've seen volatile markets. Uh, and Hub24 over recent times have made a couple of acquisitions. They've a couple of years ago they've actually bought a business from Ords and they they operate that uh, for us. And uh, they've recently bought the Explore business as well. So they are continuing to add on to their to their suite. And uh, yeah, it's a good business. Um, not cheap in terms of. Uh, PE and, and dividend yield, but they are a, a reasonable growth story, and we think that that sector, um, you know, could have some consolidation over over the coming years. Um, yeah. But yeah, hubs the the pick there. Yeah, Henry Jennings uh, like premium yesterday, basically on that potential M and A with the, <laughs> that he yeah. reckons it will be a target of hub twenty four or net wealth. Uh, Mark, what do you think of hub twenty four? Yeah, I really like Hub24 and, you know, looking at the chart, obviously the price action for a, 
a stock with a PE, you know, in the above 100 is mm. pretty impressive considering yeah. anything with a with an elevated PE has really been smashed um, in the last few months particularly. Um, you know, the structural change within the financial planning um, industry overall, where we see, you know, FACI has sort of basically seen the exodus of, you know, a good... Well, 40, 50 percent of the financial planners. I mean, the, um, it's very difficult to now to to um, to get yourself a planner. Uh, I think ASIC's easing some um, restrictions there uh, to try and help the people um, at the lower end get access. But this sort of platform is a way for those, um, you know, to do to do that business at scale. So yeah. I think they're um, they're really. I think the the high PE is quite justified uh, in terms of. Um, you know the the structural change uh, in the in the industry. So um, they had they had fairly decent results the other day. Um, but as I say, if if it can hold in here, I mean, ordinate's another one. It's you know performed really well with a high PE. It's you can, done really well. If you watch that price action, um, you know there's you know there's, if there's confidence still in a business with those stats and it's rallying, mm. then just imagine how well they're going to go when the uncertainty mm. clears. So um, yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm pretty happy to accumulate Hub24. It's okay. one of those ones that, um, and it's sort of treated as a tech, but it's probably more financial services. So, um, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah an accumulator or a buy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Ordinary. I've got sort of ordinate in my little super fund. Oh, miraculous and, recovery. Uh, it's gone from $6 to about $8 in two months. I know, months. about five twenty to nearly 9 this morning. So uh, it, Nearly 9 uh, this nearly morning. Nearly 9 this morning, yeah. Uh, so. I'll take Gaurav Saidi from uh, Intelligent <laughs> Investor for that because he reckons it's one of the few tech stocks um, with a monopoly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. a monopoly in its space. Their competitors have given up. They've yeah. just started adopting their technology now, so yeah. it, it is an effective monopoly. Yeah, so. yeah. And he's saying even after the big increase we talked about on Monday, he'd still be buying it at these levels. It was up 4% today, so... Yeah, wow. All right, uh, Alex wants a view, Mark, on REA Group, saying, wondering whether REA will ever recover. <laughs> oh, Alex, <laughs> you're throwing in the towel. Uh, is it worth a buy at these levels, Mark? What do you reckon with um, REA, the big... Uh, uh, obviously, real estate um, platform, marketing platform. Yeah, our, our guys like this actually. Um, my colleague uh, Brody Harold was on here the other day. It was one of his sort yep. of tech buys. Um, look, I, I'm sort of taking a different tack just because it's around reporting season. That um, so nine entertainments, one of my favourite plays from a right. seasonal basis around reporting season. It's at a really low price and has a big stake in Domain. Um, but if you're sort of comparing to Domain or sort of car sales, I think the um, you know REA's. Um, you know, business stats stack up a little bit better uh, right. in, in comparison. They look at they look a little bit cheaper. So, um, so yeah. But you know, leading in, yeah, that my proxy at the moment um, for clients, who, particularly who don't want to touch tech, who are, you know in that older demographic that don't yeah. really want to go in something like this would be you know something like NEC. Um, so you, you'll at least get a dividend as well yeah. and a bit of exposure. But um, yeah, no, we like we like this as well. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. I so think a it's a, yeah, it's a buy from us. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, but yeah, the way I'd play it is I'd probably, I'd be just have, putting that money into yeah. you know, nine for now, um, and then be switching out of you know nine into this like, yeah. after okay. after the dividend. Uh, David, what do you think of REA? I must admit, uh, here on Ausbiz, I got to chat with uh, Owen Wilson, a fairly decent, uh, lengthy chat as a chief executive. Really impressive. 
and mm. I love the tech side of it. I found this fascinating. They're going to launch a platform because they basically now sold every house in Australia has been yep. listed. And he was saying a third of house owners think of selling every year. So really? and and don't. And so, so they're going to develop a um, uh, a project where you know how sometimes you go on a walk and you walk with your wife and you go, "Geez, yeah. I'd love to buy that house." You can, you'll be able to actually inquire directly with that owner whether it's up for sale or not, right. saying if you ever think you're buying, "Hey, I'm interested." Oh well, okay. uh, which. Yeah. That's that's thinking outside the square in terms of technology in your particular sector. The agents won't be happy with that. No, no. Well, they'll do it through a. They'll refer the sale to oh, match okay. up to an agent to keep them happy. But yeah, a third of people think of buying, and I, live and I do every every so often. So I reckon they're right. What do you think of REA? Yeah, it's. I mean, it, as you say, it's a it's a really good story, and I guess um, that's been you know the the secret of their success is that it is a a tech business yeah. that has tapped into a market that you know. And and I was ago, saying who was, saying the market isn't valuing their India business, which he said correct. is yes. massive. That's right. Yeah, and that's the real growth potential uh, that that we see out of the business. Uh, the Australian market with the current concerns about interest rates etc we're not expecting that there'll be a massive increase in listings um, but they are actually able to put through some price rises and they've already been talking about that so they're talking about eight percent price rises this year six percent the next year right. and then looking at added added value services like the the new one that you're talking about and they've got another one called premier plus uh, where people can actually pay more to to get their listing higher up the right. up the, uh, the the listing, so we're seeing margin expansion and and revenue improvement without too much growth in the Australian market. Mm-hmm. But then, as you said, the the external growth potential uh, in India, if they can crack that market, will be very very large. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a very big population and a high. Um, even though they do have a lot of poverty in in India, they've also got a very high level of um, you know, wealth, wealth over there as yeah, well. Big so, class. Yeah, so we've got a buy recommendation on it. Um, target price of a dollar, one hundred and forty-five dollars. We have actually seen the share price jump fairly significantly over the last few few months. Uh, so it's up about twenty eight percent in the yeah. last month. Uh, so perhaps going into reporting season, we could get a little bit of weakness, and and you might look at buying it. Uh, was recently below a hundred dollars. Right. Who, who knows what the market will do in the in the next few months as to whether or not you can get it below yeah. that price again. But uh, we like it at the moment and, and got a buy recommendation on it. All right. And our final stock, David Emma wants a view on Aluka Resources, the big uh, international mineral sands group, uh, Zircon, Titanium Minerals, in that space where a lot of governments are focusing for strategic purposes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've been talking about the, the critical minerals, and it's been uh, you know been highlighted as, as being very very important. Uh, and Iluca is a, a not only an Australian leader but a global leader in yep. that that sector. Uh, they've just released their quarterly 
production. The production itself was in line with our expectations, but their sales were actually fairly significantly higher. Uh, and that was because they were able to tap into their increased inventory, uh, so reduce their, their inventory, which is a positive over the, the medium term. So the production result was a, a very good one. Um, we've currently got a whole recommendation on it, uh, target price of, of 10.50. So we've sort of seen the, the share price um, you know, pick up and, and probably trading around where we right. are close to where we think the value is. Um, so it's probably one the, to keep an eye on. Good business long term, but not necessarily uh, ragingly cheap in the current sure. market. And I think there's probably some, some better value elsewhere. Okay. Mark, Luca. Yeah, I completely echo David's comments there, really. Um, it's sort of getting towards, you know, being probably mid-range or fairly priced. Um, you know, I think, yeah, long-term, it's probably not a bad buy. Um, but at the moment, there's, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of decent companies that... Pretty heavy discounts. Um, you know, things like I think uh, UBS's pick for reporting seasons, IGO and right. uh, Nickel Mine, uh, Nickel Industries now. Sorry. Um, so I think there's better value out there reporting season wise um, than Iluca. Uh, but you know they've um, yeah you know everything was fairly in line. It's already had a bit of a recovery there. Um, so, but I think it's one of those ones that given that um, strategic uh, sort of. Um, you know, um, movements to try and lock down these, you know, the sorts of things that Iluca produces, it's probably yeah. one that you want to um, definitely keep on your radar and buy on buy on dips um, yeah. because, you know, they're, they're probably going to, you know, um, they'll end up uh, turning out to be elevated prices in the things that they mine, et cetera. Right. So it, uh, but it probably just a touch expensive for me at the moment. And then, as I say, just leading into reporting season, then, there's probably a few better plays, um, right. and you know, but you know, at the moment you've got to be a little bit quicker. A few of these things have really uh, <laughs> popped up in the last few days. Um, so, uh, you know, things like you know, Lion Town have jumped from oh, 95 yeah. to dollar 20 this morning, and you know, PLS is starting to grind back high. So all those lithium stocks are heading back towards um, you know where where they were before the Goldman's report, and so nickel nickel industries is um, yeah. you know, still it was straight. Was that Elon came out last night and said lithium still ridiculously cheap um. well they, they, they had a record they record yeah. production month and they've, they've given an outlook of um, you know a further record production quarter and yeah. um, so they're punching out nearly a million odd like, cars oh, so right. it's, uh, it's phenomenal isn't it? yeah and demand from a lot of the and a lot of the producers are saying that basically it's not at, at their end of the coal face is none of, there's the demand is not slipping no. so you know, markets markets tend to go through periods where they do their own thing particularly when yeah. VIX is elevated and yeah. you know that's when you, you can actually pick up some yeah. bargains. Too right. All right, David Lane from Ords. Great to have you aboard. Running out of time. Appreciate it. Well, Catch you next time, Mark Gardner from uh, Macro. Always great to have you on board. Cheers, Good man. on you. All right, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Telstra uh, is a buy from Ords, a no from uh, Market uh, Macro. They prefer Aussie broadband if you're going to get into that that area. Um, Premier Investments accumulate uh, from Ords, uh, a buy from uh, from Mark. Uh, he's keen on the entire retail sector, which has been battered. Um, 
his picks would be Adair's Nick Scarly, but uh, Premier doing okay. Hub 24, a yes from both of them. Uh, REA, a yes from both as well. Uh, although Mark is putting uh, 10 input clients into nine investments uh, who are a bit more conservative because they have an interest in domain, also pays a dividend, and a Luca, a hold from both. Uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Reminder, you can find all the stocks in our fantasy portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, the call, same time tomorrow, midday Eastern. Catch you then. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.